Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, God bless all of you wonderful people. We're glad to be in the house of the Lord again. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. I tell you, God is good and he's certainly worthy to be praised. Well, you have your scripture, you have your word. We're going to get right into our topic on today. Amen. Tell you what the Lord, amen, has laid upon my heart, amen, to bring to you on today. Uh, I want to use for a subject matter I was thinking as I was riding on this week and the Lord just dropped in my spirit, amen, uh, these, this thought on today that I want to discuss with you. Uh, I'm trying to get in a teach mode if the Lord allowed me to go that way. Uh, using for a subject matter, uh, we live three kinds of lives. Uh, I never heard it like that before, but the Lord just uh, allowed me to hear it that way and, and, and put it down and pin it that way that uh, people live three different lives. And I want to talk about these three different lives that people live. And as we get into the three lives that people live, Amen. You'll see which way I'm going and what the Lord is trying to say to us today. So we live three lives. Somebody said, well, I didn't know we lived three lives. I thought we just lived one life. Well, it, in essence, uh, we do live one life, but we break it down to three categories. It's broken down to three categories. Basically, we all should live one life, but I'm going to break it down to three different categories and show you that actually we really, there are three lives that people live. And you'll see what I'm talking about when we get into the word of God. We live three lives. But now as, as, as people live three lives in this world, I, I only recommend two. So I'm going to give you the three, but only recommend that we live these two. Okay, so what are the three lives that we live? Okay, number one, point number one of the three lives that people live, number one is the public life. I want to talk just a little bit about the public life. So what do you mean, Brother John, the public life? Well, the public life is a life that, that everybody see. You see me going to work. You see me going uh, uh, to, to, to the supermarket up and down the street. A public life is a life that's open. A life that everybody see. I see you going to work. I see you getting in the car. I see you out in the yard. See you doing chores. I see you uh, at church. I see you doing this, uh, you know, uh, a public life. A life that everybody can see. That's a public life. Well, uh, the word of God shows us, I'm going to get into it here in the book of Thessalonians and the book of Pete, uh, Timothy, that Paul lived a public life. And I want to show you that you and I, we live public lives too. Paul talked about his public life. It's good. We need people to uh, live and let us see their public life. See how they act, how they carry out, how they respond, you know, uh, in life. And it's good. Uh, living a public life is, is, is pretty much going in the direction of being mm, a role model. When you see a person public life. I am a public servant. Many other people uh, in politics today, they say, well, I'm a public servant. Yeah, they are a public servant, but hmm, they live uh, uh, three different lives. And I'm going to show you these lives that sometimes people live, but I only recommend two. So as we talk about, amen, a public life is a life that's open. It's a life that's, uh, we can say, transparent, you know. 
uh, there's nothing to hide here. Uh, some will say, well, there's nothing to see here. That's a public life. You know, we want the people to see how we do. Children really need to see a, a, a public life, how it's lived, how it's carried out. So Paul talked about his public life in the book of Timothy. Uh, let's go there. Timothy, the third chapter. I want to go there first. Timothy, the third chapter. He talks about his public life. Check this out. Timothy 3, uh, praise the Lord, and verse number 10. Let's see. Let's get there and see what he's saying there in Timothy 3 and verse number 10. Y'all got it? Second Timothy, that is? 3 and verse number 10. Check this out. Uh, Paul said in Timothy 3 and 10, let's see this. Is that where I want to go? 3 and 10. Yes, that's where we want to go exactly. Timothy 3 and 10. Second Timothy, that is. Second Timothy 3 and verse 10. Paul said this to Timothy. He said, but thou hast fully known my doctrine. Y'all see it? In other words, anything that's public is, 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 is out there. It's, it's, it's out there and people can see it. You can look at it. Paul said, Timothy, you have fully known my teaching. Timothy, you have fully known uh, my, my manner, manner of life. Y'all see it? And Timothy, you have fully known what my purpose in life was. And Timothy, you have fully known the faith that I have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Timothy, you know my long suffering. You know my charity, which is love. Timothy, 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 you know the patience that I have had in life. That's a public life. That's a public life. That's not a private life. That's a public life. Knowing what kind of person Paul was all, all about, what he was all about, what kind of person he is. He said, you know my teaching. You know my manner of life. You know, it's good to know a person's uh, life. Well, you can really testify. You know, we see people many times when uh, at funerals, we get up and we testify. Someone going home to be with the Lord. And, and you know, there's a space within the uh, uh, service that they allow uh, every, anybody that knew this person. Uh, we'll give you three minutes or so. That's basically the normal time. They said, even three minutes for time's sake, for the family's sake, to come and say something on the behalf of this individual. And then people come forth that knew him or knew her, and they would stand up and say, well, I knew him uh, so many years. I knew her so many years, and we had wonderful fellowship, and we went places, we done things. And, and so, in other words, they can testify to the fact that they know the deceased individual. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Because the life that they live, a public life, and a, a life that they they enjoyed and shared with us. So Paul told Timothy, you know my teaching. You know my manner of life. Timothy, you know my purpose. You know, it's good to know individual purpose. Paul revealed his purpose to Timothy and not only to Timothy, to all the other people that followed him. You know what kind of faith I have in God. And then his charity and his patience. Verse 11 said, you, uh, you know the persecution that I, I've gone through. Paul experienced some intense persecution from those that didn't believe in him. 
and how he was persecuted. And, and then he said, you, the next one he said, affliction. Paul said, Timothy, you know my affliction, the, the thing that I, I suffered in my body, the pain, the aching, and the thing that the sickness that I endured and went through. You know all about that trials and tribulation, the pain and the suffering that I did, which came uh, unto me uh, at Antioch and Iconia and Lystra. And then he said, what persecution I endured. All of what Paul went through, he said, I endured, but out of them all, uh, the Lord delivered me. So Timothy could look at Paul and see his public life. This was, was something that you can actually see. I see what uh, the, the apostle Paul went through. Have you ever noticed some things that people gone through? We all go through some things, but sometimes God will let you see other folks and you see what they're going through, what, what somebody did to them, what somebody did to her. I, I, he, we, are, we, we can see that in some of our friends' lives. So Paul told Timothy right here, Timothy, you know what I've gone through. This is a public life, a life that's transparent. And amen. So Timothy can actually testify, I know this man. I know Paul. I know what he's all about. Paul is a man that's real because this is his public life. It's on display. It's on display. I know him and I trust him. You can believe in a man whose life is public. You can believe in a man whose life is transparent or believe in a woman whose life is public and transparent versus somebody whose life is not out there. Some people really don't want you to know very much about their lives. And, and we'll get down into it the reason why. Okay, so Paul said, uh, uh, you knew all about my public life. And we see it in scripture that this is Paul's public life right here. Now, go with me just a little further to another scripture. We're still talking about Paul and his public life in the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 2. 1 Thessalonians, let's see here, uh, the second chapter. Uh, that's where we want to go. 2 Thessalonians, 1 uh, uh, Thessalonians, I said, right? All right, First Thessalonians. Turn there, if you will. The uh, the first chapter. Amen. The the first chapter. I'm sorry. The second chapter, and then we want to go to verse number ten. First Thessalonians, the second chapter, and verse number ten. Listen to this right here. Paul said right here. We still talking about Paul and his uh his public life. 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse number 10, Paul said, you are witnesses, and God also, thank you, Lord, how holy and just and unblameable we behave ourselves among you that believe. This is a public life. So Paul said, you all seen me, how I come in and how I go out. See, everybody don't know how to come in and how to go out. Paul put it out there. You saw how I came in and how I went out. You are witnesses of this. And it's good to be a witness of, of your leader's life. Paul said, you're a witness. You are witnesses. And God also is my witness. How I carried myself. How holy I was. I didn't behave myself all uh, unseemly. Uh, unjustly. But he said, and, and he said, unblameable. 
we behave ourselves. Isn't it good to behave? We live in a day and time now. People just won't behave. Everybody acting up, children acting up, parents acting up, uh, uh, preachers acting up, the churches acting up. But Paul said, I, my public life, y'all looked at it, and we behaved ourselves. You know, God's people need to know, know how to behave themselves. Isn't that, isn't that right? I think God's people need to know how to behave themselves. So we are learning now a public life is very, very important. So Paul said, you know, amen, the kind of life that we live among you. That it was a life uh, uh, that was holy. It was just unblameable. We behave ourselves. And check verse 11 now says, And you also know how we exhorted and comfort and charge every one of you as a father does his children. So Paul said, we comfort and we exalted every one of you as a father would encourage his children. So when Paul preached to his parishioners, his followers, he talked to them just like a dad would talk to his own son. That's why he said, Timothy, you my son. And so pastors and leaders have to look at his following. You all are my children, my sons and my daughters. And as I talk to you, I talk to you with, with the love of God in my heart, just like I would talk to my son, just like I would talk to my own children. These are the instructions of God as I warn you. He said, you know how we exalted and comfort and charge every one of you as a father do his children that you will walk what worthy of the Lord worthy of God who has called us into his kingdom and into his glory so Paul said you know my public life how we behave ourselves and I encourage you I was talking to a, 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 a daughter yesterday and I was encouraging her what she should do in the Lord Encouraging brothers and sisters what they should do. I feel like they're just like my children. And I'll instruct them to do the right thing just like I will instruct my children. That you walk worthy of this God that called you into his kingdom and called you into his glory. We live three kinds of life, but I only recommend two. That's number one. Point number one is a life that's public. All of us live a public life, and let's make sure that the public life that we live is a good life. Why? Because somebody is watching you. Amen. Somebody is watching how I carry myself, how I talk to people, how I interact with folk. Somebody is watching you. This is my public life. So we want to be on our best behavior. You know, when you think about politicians and elected officials, the governor, the mayors, and people running for offices of the land today, it's very important that they watch their public life. They can't be seen going in and out of a, a crack house. They can't be seen going in and out of, you know, certain places they shouldn't be going. Because when you run, when you run for that position, guess what? Everything come up about your public life. About your public life. It comes up, y'all. And so Paul said, you know my public life, and you saw it, and it was a holy life. It was a life that was just. It was a life that was transparent. And Paul's told these saints here in Thessalonians that you know how I behave myself, and I talked to you, and I spoke to you just like a father does his own children. Now, the next life I want to talk to you about is uh, uh, a private life. Somebody said private life. private life. We live three kinds of life. We live public life. That's good. Now I want to talk to you about a private life. And when you think about private, private means something that's it's, it's, uh, it, it belongs to one particular person or group. You know, I've been placed and they said, well, this is a private uh, uh, 
party, a private setting. Even the swimming pool is a private pool. In other words, it's not open to the public. It's okay to have a private life. It's not open to the public. Preachers have private lives. Not saying that they shouldn't, it's not wrong. There shouldn't be anything in their private life that they would be ashamed of. But we live private life and we deserve private life. I'm going to show you in the Bible that Jesus and the disciples, amen, they long for a privacy, a private life. But sometimes their, their private life was interrupted by people, were interrupted by the crowd. And so a private life, our private life can consist of our prayer time. You know, everybody have prayer time where we sort of steal away from the crowd, steal away from the family, go in the other room and we go into prayer. We read our Bible and, and we talk to God about things that's going on in our lives. Private life it also consists of family time when you and your kids get together. You don't want everybody to come over when tonight is family night where we're going to get together and play games, eat some popcorns and amen, just have some fun. Private time. So private life is something that we all have and, and, and it's very good. We can enjoy that in the Lord. Amen. Private life. Amen. Private time. Family time. Jesus had private time. I didn't know Jesus had private time. Yes, he did. He needed private time. I'll give you a good example of one of the time that Jesus had some private time was when the disciples got together. Around the time of his crucifixion, Jesus told the disciples, y'all stay right here and pray with me one hour while I go yonder and pray. He left the disciples here to pray while he went over there and talked to his father. So he had some things to say to God because Jesus was facing something. He had to go to Calvary Cross and Jesus had to talk to God and ask the Lord for strength, ask the Lord for guidance. And in that private time, you remember, the Lord said, he asked the father, he said, Father, I pray that this cup will pass from me. But, but nevertheless, God, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Y'all know the story. That's private time. And so there's time when we all, in points in our life, but we need some private time to get away from everybody else because you need to have a conversation with God in his private time. There's your time and God time when y'all can come together and talk about us. Amen. Talk about me. There's some times I need some time to talk to God, and, and I don't need Sister Johnson to be around. Some time I need to talk to him and tell him some things about me. It's called private time, private life. We all have a private life. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Now, let me give you some Bible here to show you that Jesus and those disciples had some private time. If you look in the word of the Lord, amen, in the book of St. Mark, the sixth chapter. St. Mark, the sixth chapter, Jesus and the disciples longed for private time. And I want to show you that their private time was interrupted also. St. Mark, the sixth chapter, and I want to take a look round about verse number 30. Come on, read along with me. Follow me as I read. St. Mark, the sixth chapter, verse number 30. We're talking about private time. We're already talking about the public life. Now I'm talking about your private life. All right, in verse 30, it says, and the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus. There it is right there. That's private. So the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus. They left the crowd, they left the other folk, and they came to their teacher. That's private. Anytime you get away from other folks 
and go straight to the Lord. This is private. Notice what it said. This, they, they gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things. Y'all see it? Both what they had done and what they had taught. Now, the Jesus has sent his disciples out to teach the world. To teach the world about God. And, and they did that. And they came back and they gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told us, Lord, let me tell you what we did when we was over here. We prayed for this woman. God, she was sick and she got well. Lord, we pray for this man. God, he was blind and his eyes came open. We, they shared with Jesus uh, what happened when after he sent them out, they came back in. So their private time were coming back to the teacher and disclosing to the teacher the thing that they did when they went out. And the thing that they disclosed with their teacher when they came in was private. It wasn't for the ears of the outside world to hear. It was between me and the Lord. You told me to go. I went. And Lord, here is the results. They came to Jesus. And they told him all things. Both what they had done and what they had taught. Notice verse 31. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while for there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat so what the lord said right here after they came to jesus and disclosed to jesus what had done and told him everything they did and how the results were jesus all right come on let's go y'all let's go to a deserted place a desert place where there's no one else around but us let us rest, for there were many folks following them everywhere they went. So they didn't have very much time to themselves, not so much even to eat their meals. Even eating their meals sometimes was interrupted by people saying, Hey, can you pray for me? Can you, can you say a word of prayer for me? Uh, I, 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 I have a, a condition or someone at home going through something something and I and I need you to pray for me so their leisure time was uh, very very much sometimes interrupted by people who had some needs and so I see here where they went to Jesus privately and Jesus invited them to let's go into a, a deserted place where there's no one around where we can rest don't you know sometimes the man of God need to rest Jesus needed to rest. The disciples needed to rest. You know, and I, I see people, they don't understand. They think the pastor is a, he's a, he's an automobile or something, or a machine or something. The pastor have to rest. Ain't nothing wrong with the pastor going on vacation. Sometimes the pastor have to get away from the crowd. He have to wind down because, well, what he go through and what he deal with. He, and I, I, I have a problem with those preachers to think that people shouldn't go on vacation. He don't go on vacation, don't think the members should go on vacation. Everybody should just come to church and raise money and pay your tithe, pay you off, and go back home. Everybody need a break sometime. Can you say amen to that somebody? We all need to get away sometime. And so Jesus invited the disciples, y'all, let's go to a deserted place and rest a while. We're tired. Get away from the people. We know they have needs. We know they need healing. We know they need deliverance. We know the devil need to be cast out. But come, let's go to a deserted place and let's rest a while. Then we'll get back out there. Amen, somebody. Notice verse number 32 says, And they departed into a desert place by ship. What? 
privately. Amen. We're talking about private time here now. Nothing wrong with having a little private time. We all need to slip away sometime. Somebody said, well, I didn't know they were going somewhere. I, they didn't say nothing about where they were going. Well, they, we, they slipped away. And they need to slip away. You need to slip away sometime. Some private time. And so they went somewhere and they got away. They slipped away by ship privately. Don't tell nobody we're going, but they got away privately because they needed the rest. Can somebody say amen? We live three kinds of life, but I recommend only two. So with the public life, now we're dealing with the private life. And they went away by ship privately, verse 32. Verse 33 says, and the people saw them departing. Sometimes when you're trying to get away, folks will see you leaving. And the people saw them departing. And many knew him. They knew Jesus. And they ran a foot thither out of all the city and out with, with them and came together unto him. So as Jesus went away privately, they noticed him and they followed him out of the city. Sometimes you just can't get away. I heard people say they was on vacation trying to relax, them and their wives. And oh, sometimes they get spotted by the crowd. And they look at it and say, hey, I know you, aren't you? Uh, you Steve Harvey? Yeah, yeah, I'm Steve, I'm Steve, I'm Steve. Trying to get away to rest, trying to get away to relax. Many entertainers and stars try to slip away, but they're so known, it's kind of hard for them to get away and relax and enjoy themselves on a vacation. You know, it's because the people will recognize them. So Jesus was recognized and they ran, they went out, but many of them knew him and they ran out on foot out of the city. They followed him. Notice verse number 34, Jesus trying to get to that private place. And verse 34 says, and Jesus, when he came out, he saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Now notice here Jesus is, the disciple. they gather together in a private setting, trying to rest. But his, his, his private time was interrupted by people with some need. Y'all see what I'm saying? His private time was interrupted by, Lord, I need a blessing. Lord, I need healing. Lord, my son. Lord, my daughter. Lord, this is going on. Lord, I need a blessing. So his private time that they had agreed upon to have amongst themselves was interrupted by people who had it a need. Nothing wrong with a private life. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Let's go just a little bit further. This is a, this is a desert place. Uh, verse 35 says, And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came and said unto him, and said, This is a deserted place, and now the time is far spent. Close of the day. Send them away, Jesus, that they may go into the country, round about, into the village, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Send them back home, Lord. And let them go and buy some groceries, get them something to eat. Been a long day. 
But verse 37, Jesus was so compassionate. We serve a compassionate God. God. God look at people, when he look at people and see what they're going through, he's so compassionate. He's so loving. I thank God for, for, for being that way toward me and being that way toward you. He knows what we're going through in life. He knows our ups. He knows our downs. He knows our struggle. He's very, very compassionate. If you're struggling with anything in life, the Lord is looking right at you today. He's just that kind of God. But notice what he said here. He said, verse 36 says, send them away that they might go into the village, go and buy them something to eat. Amen. Because there's nothing to eat. Verse 37 said, and he answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. Jesus said, well, uh, it's been a long day. Y'all give them something to eat. And they said unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give it to them? Lord, you want us to go into the city ourselves and buy the bread and bring it back and give it to him? We can't do that, Lord. Verse 38 said, and he said unto them, how many? Y'all said, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they, when they knew, they said, five and two fish. And he commanded them to make all of them sit down by companies upon the green grass. Look at God. Verse number four said, and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. Verse 41 said, and when he had took on the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and he blessed them and he broke the loaves and he gave it to his disciples to set before them and the two fishes divided he among them all. Notice verse 42 says, and they did all eat. Y'all see it? And they did all eat. And they was filled. He's a compassionate God. Can't send them away hungry. So he, he blessed it. Break it. And gave it to them. And they did all eat. And the Bible said, and they all was filled. Verse number 41 says, and when they had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and he blessed it and break the loaf and gave it to the disciples and set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all, and they did eat and were filled. Verse 4 3 said, And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and other fish. And they and they did eat of the loaf were about five thousand men. Now notice five thousand men followed Jesus and the disciples out into a desert place where they were out there trying to rest and talk amongst themselves amen and just get some rest where they can get, get gear up to go out and do another great work for God and Jesus private time the disciple private time was interrupted by the crowd so we see here three kinds of lies you got the public life and we got the private life and sometimes it's interrupted by a need. But there's nothing wrong with having a public life. There's nothing wrong with having a private life. Sometimes we need to get away and get some rest. Amen. Still away and talk to God. And God only gets sent me to Jesus got away and he prayed. Didn't he pray? He prayed. Now notice. Read a little bit further. So we see verse 44 said 5,000 was fed. Verse 44 said, and straightway he, 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 he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Now all right brothers. I want you all to get it back in the ship and to go to the other side unto uh, Bethsaida, which he sent them away, sent away the people, sent them away, but he told the disciples, y'all get back in the ship. Okay, get back in the ship. Verse 46 said, and when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. So notice, Jesus with the disciples, they was out there 
uh, to have a private conversation, me and my disciples. After that was interrupted by the crowd, he told the disciples, get back in the ship. Y'all get in the ship. And Jesus went a little bit further to pray. So I'm saying, trying to show you that Jesus himself, there were time in his life when he had to have private time by himself. Private time by himself to talk to the Father. There are going to be times in your life and in my life, you need to get away from your family. You need to get away from your children. You're going to have to break a loose from your husband, from your wife, and go in the other room or go somewhere so you can talk to God, just you and God alone. Can you say amen somebody? This is private time. There ain't nothing wrong with private time. We all need to steal away. Anybody know anything about that? Have you ever just steal away, stole away sometime? Just get away from everybody. Where, where, where's someone's so, so? I don't know. He was right here. He out on, out on the back porch. Out on the back porch, sitting down, looking out there in the yard, looking up at the sky. Amen. Just meditating. We all need some private time. Notice here. So Jesus sent them back into the ship. And he went away. He departed into the mountain to pray. Verse 47 says, and when the evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he, Jesus, was alone on the land. Isn't that something about? In the, in the evening time, they, he, he told them to get back in the ship, and he went into the mountain to pray. But the wind began to blow, and the ship drifted out into the midst of the sea, and Jesus was there on the land alone. That was his private time. What I'm saying is we need some public time. We need some private time. There's nothing wrong with public time and private time. I encourage that. I recommend that. We all need some. You need to get away sometime. I said stay away now. We need to get away. But come on back. When you get through meditating, when you get through praying, amen, talking to the Lord, come on back in the spirit of God and pick up where you left off. All right? Now, that's another, that's another life. So we live three lives. Public life. Private life. There's one more I want to talk about. And that one is called secret life. Somebody said secret life. We're going to talk about the secret life. Now, this one I don't recommend. That's why I said it's three. I recommend two. This one, you make sure you don't have nothing to do with that. Jesus talked about the secret life. When you talk about a secret, a secret is something that's unknown. A secret is something that is unseen by others. You know, a secret life, Jesus talked about it. Uh, Jesus put it in this words right here. Uh, there, there, there are many people who live in secret lives. Jesus, he talked to the people in the Bible who were living these secret lives. Amen. A, a person living a secret life is, is, is an actor. Y'all follow what I'm saying? He's an actor. He's, a, he's an actor on the stage. And not only is he an actor, he is a pretender. Somebody said pretender. He's a pretender. Oh, yeah. And, and he living totally the object, uh, object life of what he's supposed to be living. He'll he, he, he say one thing and he do another. Well, let's go to the Bible. I'm almost done with y'all. But Jesus explained it better than I can ever explain it in Matthew, the 23rd chapter. 
Matthew, the 23rd chapter, Jesus ran into a group of people who lived a secret life. Y'all might know folk who live a secret life. They one way this way, and they one way another way. Amen. But Jesus talked to a group of people right here, and he warned us about those people who live these secret lives. He had no problem with the public life. Everybody can see. He had no problem with the private life because we need to get away sometimes, sit away and pray. We need to spend some time with our family. We need to spend some time with ourselves. Jesus had no problem with that. But he did have a problem with the third life, which is called the secret life. Matthew 23, verse 1 said, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and said to his disciples, saying, The scribe and the Pharisee, they act just like they are Moses. Verse 3 said, All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe. Notice it. They observe and do. Do whatever they say, but do not ye after their works. For they say and do not. This is a private life. They will say one thing, but they're doing something else. In other words, a private life, Jesus explained it better. He said these people who live this private life, he put it in words. He said describe. Look at verse number 14. I'm going to skip down just a little bit. He said verse number 14, 23, 14. He said, warn to you scribes and the Pharisees, hypocrites. That's what they are. A person that lives in a private life is nothing but a hypocrite. He said, for one to them scribes and Pharisees, hypocrite, for you devour with a house. For a, and, for, and for a pretense, you make long prayer. You're not really talking to God the Father. You're just down there saying some words to be heard. You, uh, you, you want to be heard for your fair, fancy speech. You're not really talking to God about your everyday need. Therefore, you shall receive the grace great damnation that God talked about. Amen. The private life. Jesus said, this is a hypocrite. The strides and the Pharisee live private life. Now come back to verse number four. He said, for they bind heavy, low burden and, 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 and grievous to bear and lay them upon men's shoulders. But they themselves would not move them with one other thing. Tell you always what you need to do is uh, go on a long fast. Why don't you just fast about a week? And then you get close to God. And them rascal won't fast one day. See, tell me all this to do, but you won't do it yourself. He said they make broad their philosophers and enlarge the borders of their garments. Verse 6 says they love the uppermost room at feasts and the chief places in the synagogue. Or they want to take the high seat. They don't want to be down low. They want to take the high seat. They love the greetings in the marketplace and to be called of men. They want people, men, to call them rabbi, rabbi. You know, that same day that we don't call people rabbi, rabbi now, but everybody want to be called apostle. Everybody want to be called doctor this. Everybody want to be called, amen, uh, a great name other than just brothers and sisters. Isn't that something? Amen. Back in that day, they just want to be called rabbi, rabbi, master, master. Now everybody want to be called, uh, I'm the reverend, reverend doctor, so-and-so. The reverend right. Yeah, you the reverend right, all right. <laughs> the reverend doctor, so-and-so, so-and-so. He said, they want to be called, greeted in the marketplace, and called of men by the fancy name. Oh, yeah. But be ye, but be ye not ye called, Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all you are what? Brethren. You and I, we're brethren. You can say, Brother Johnson, I'm okay with that. You don't have to call me bishop. 
I've been in the ministry long enough to be called a bishop. I've been in the ministry long enough to ordain people as elders. But names don't mean nothing. That don't define who you are. What define you is, 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 is your private life and your public life and the secret life. Amen, Amen somebody? Amen. That will define you. And so Jesus said, don't pay no attention to these folks. Amen. We live three lives, but I only recommend two. Now, let's go just a little bit further. Now, 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 none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Paul, Paul talks about it. My last scripture I'm going to give you, and I'm almost done. In the book of uh, Philippians, Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians, the third chapter. Paul talks about that. In Philippians, the third chapter, amen, he lets us know. He lets us know. Now, uh, the difference between uh, making a mistake and being a hypocrite. We all make mistakes in life, right? Everybody make mistakes. Everybody make mistakes. I make them. You make them. We all make mistakes. But making a mistake don't mean that you're a hypocrite. Making a mistake means it's simply that you made a mistake. You're not perfect. You're not there yet. We all trying to get there. Paul understood it and he put it best in the book of Philippians. He penned it best. He taught it best than I can ever put it. So he understood the difference between making a mistake. Some of us, we're just not there yet. Can somebody say, I'm not there yet? And if you're not there yet, that don't mean you're a hypocrite. You're just not there yet. But what is a hypocrite is somebody that's pretending that they are there and they are not there yet. Can't say amen somebody. We live three lives, but I want to recommend two. So that's the difference between making a mistake and hypocrisy, pretending that you're there and you're not there. I read for you to tell me, well, brother, I, 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 I'm not there yet. I'm working on something. I said, I'm working on it. Anybody working on it this morning? Lord, no, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. I'd rather for you to tell me that you're working on it than to tell me that you, you are there and that you're not there. Can you say amen, somebody? Whole lot of folks know they're not there and they're pretending that they are there. Those are people that are hypocrites living a secret life when they say they're there and they're not there. Jesus knew about them. Paul knew about them. Let's see what Paul said in Philippians, the third chapter. Look at verse number 10. I'm almost done. I'm going to let you go. We live three kinds of life, but I want to recommend two. Philippians 3 and 10, Paul said these words. That I might know him. Oh, I want to know him. Anybody want to know him? Lord knows I want to know the Lord Jesus. I want to know all about Jesus. Lord, I want help me to know you. He, I, I, and I thank God deep down through the years I have learned to know him. Somebody says, I know the Lord. And, and he's good. And he's worthy to be praised. Isn't he good, somebody? Somebody says, Lord, I thank you. I know the Lord and he's good. Oh, I, I, I thank God I know him. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. I, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know your power. I want to feel your anointing sometime. I want to know about the power of God, how it can come into a man's life and change you. I want to know about that. Somebody said he changed me. He changed me. Lord, no, he did. 
I just want to know him, how he changed me in the power of his resurrection, in the power of his fellowship, power and his suffering. I want to know about that. Amen. And then he went on to say, being made conformable unto his death. Paul said, I, I, I want to be made conformable unto his death. Yes, I want to, I want to be just like Jesus. Verse, four, verse 11 said, if by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. He said, I want to be like this because one day I want to make sure that I obtain, amen, uh, uh, the, from the resurrection of the dead, that I might get up one day and live and be with God. Verse number 12, notice what he said. Paul said, Paul, he understood this. Amen. We all make mistakes sometimes. Verse 12 said, not as though I had already obtained. Paul said, now, I'm not there yet. Somebody say, I'm not there. It's best to say I'm not there, I'm working on it, than to be like the folks that Jesus talked about in Matthew 23. Paul said, not that I have already obtained, neither were I already perfect, I'm not there yet, but I follow after. Thank God for Jesus. He said, I'm not there yet, but I follow after that if that I may apprehend that which also I am apprehended of Christ. I, I, I follow after this that one day I'm going to be just like Jesus. The gospel is going to conform me and make me into the image that God wants me to be. One day when God gets through with me, I'm not there yet, but one of these old days, he can say, man, somebody, I shall be just like God wants me to be. Amen, somebody. I, I'm getting there. Amen. I, I, I'm better today than I was yesterday. Can you say amen? Praise God Almighty. Amen. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Paul said one of these perfect days. Amen. We're going to be just like God wants us to be. He said, he said, now, I, 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 I'm trying to get there. Not as though I was already uh, there or already perfect. He said, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That one day I will be apprehended uh, uh, that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Verse 13 says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm not there yet, y'all. I'm not there yet. Can you appreciate that? I'm getting there. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting all things which are behind. Forget all about the past. And this is something we need to do in order to get there, to see that perfect day, to see that blessed day, to see a better day in my life, to be what God wants me to be, to be what God wants you to be. One of these days, the best way to get there is forget the past. Forget all about behind you. And then he's what he say? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching, reaching. Somebody say reaching. reaching. See, we got to reach for something. Yes. This is the only way to get better. Yes. This is the only way to get better. I'm reaching. I'm reaching forward. I'm reaching forward for the thing, the high calling. Let's see what he said. I'm reaching forward unto those things which are before me, the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus. Notice verse 14 said, I press toward the mark. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Can somebody say amen? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But I'm pressing. Somebody say, I'm pressing on the upward way. New height I'm gaining every day. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm getting there. But I'm pressing on. See, long you in the press, you're doing all right. Are y'all pressing today? He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. Three kinds of life. So there's a public life. There's a private life. There's a secret life. I want to recommend too. Amen. The public life and the private life. And God understand. Amen. We mess up sometimes. He understand. We make mistakes. That's why he said, I forgive you. I forgive you. I thank God for the blood, shed blood of Jesus Christ that have forgiven us and washed me of my sins. Amen. So I can say, our Lord, I thank you today. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Neither are you. What, what are we then? I'm forgiven. So, Lord, I thank you. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. You are forgiven today. And the Lord is coming back after a church and after a people that's, that's not perfect but, but forgiven. Heaven going to be filled with a, with a bunch of folk that's perfect, huh? No. Heaven going to be filled with a bunch of people that are forgiven. Can you say amen? Somebody, you and I, all of God's people are forgiven. That's what's going to make heaven up. Bunch of forgiven folks. Hell going to be filled with a bunch of folks that haven't been forgiven. Amen. We live three kinds of life. Public life, private life, and secret life. And I thank God for Jesus. Amen. Isn't God good? So what I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, pay more focus, more on your public life, how we go out, because somebody watching us, a private life is all right. Everybody don't need to see everything in your private life. Sometime in your private life, you go home, we're getting ready to leave here and go out of here, go home, our private life, we're going to get out of these clothes. Amen. Take this old suit off and kick these shoes off. We're going to put on something comfortable. Y'all going to put on your moo-moo, and you're just going to relax. Amen. 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 That's your private life. You deserve that. Yes. Put your pajamas on and kick back and amen and just enjoy yourself. Amen. That's your private life. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Amen. God, God all right with that. Yes. Amen. And when you're in your private time like that, you don't want a whole lot of folks around. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't, I ain't got, got my house shoes on, got my pajamas on. I ain't going outside. I don't want no company today. I don't want to hear the phone ring too much. <laughs> Amen. It's private time sometime, y'all. And so we live these three lives. But God is blessing us and God is keeping us. And I hope I said something to encourage you today. These lives are important. But these folks that live these secret lives, they're going to be in trouble with God. They one way in the front of you, and they another way when they get all by themselves. They're going to bust hell wide open. Don't live a secret life. Amen. Don't live a secret life. Live the life that God wants you to live. Paul said, you know how I live among you. Y'all seen me. And the way you saw me, that's the way I am all the time. The way you see me now, that's the way you see me late at night, early in the morning, late in the evening. This is the way I am. I'm Brother Johnson all the time. I ain't got no secret life. I don't have anything to hide. You don't have no secret life. You ain't got nothing to hide. But these scribes and the Pharisee, they live a secret life. And you all might know somebody too who live these secret lives. Encourage them. Encourage them to give their life to Jesus. Give your life to the Lord. And you know what? You'll be glad you did. Give the Lord a hand praise. God bless you. God bless you. I hope it says something to encourage your heart today. Amen. I want to recommend too. I live a good public life, a life that I'm not ashamed of. Amen. I'll have a private life, 
my prayer time with God, my time with my family. Sometimes my family, we get together and go on vacation. When I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation. Y'all might see me with my shorts on. I'm on vacation. I ain't in the pulpit, so don't say nothing. Don't try to, don't try, don't try to blast me out. I don't John got on short pants. I'm on vacation, and it's hot. <laughs> Amen, somebody. It's hot. You might see me and the boys in the swimming pool. I don't know. I'm on vacation, and it's hot. Private time. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand praise. God bless you. God bless you. All right, we thank God for our service on today. May I hope I said something to encourage your heart and bless you on today. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love. <laughs>